right, let's turn to the next part of today's program, and that is an excerpt from last week's Lion Rockers. Every Saturday morning at 8.30, I get the chance to sit down with some of the familiar voices of Radio 3, and this way you get to hear a little bit more about uh, their upbringing and, of course, what the Lion Rock spirit means to them, what this Hong Kong spirit, what this can-do spirit, and how they use it in different areas of their life. And last Saturday, I got the chance to sit down with Bernard Chan, He's definitely a familiar voice. He, he, he's in, known in so many different areas, in the arts, uh, in, in previously uh, in, in LegCo and also in, in Exco. And currently, right now, he is the chairman of the Our Hong Kong Foundation. And we talked a little bit more about how his unlikely degree, he picked a degree that he wasn't so familiar with. He picked a degree which wasn't exactly his first choice, but that degree opened many, many doors for him. And first, uh, let's start with his childhood. My grandfather, I guess, immigrated to Thailand way, way back. And my father was born in China, and then he came down to Hong Kong. And I think my grandfather helped him out and bought a place in Happy Valley. And I was born there and lived there ever since, remain today as well. And what was your childhood like? What were you like as as a young boy? I think um, I was in a reasonably prestigious primary school. The problem is I wasn't a good student, so I didn't do so well. So I couldn't get uh, back into uh, the secondary school. Like this, the primary school is the affiliated school, so I couldn't get back to my secondary school. So uh, so anyway, the the system reassigned me to Roser Hill School, uh, which actually is only like less than ten minutes from my home. But I never, I never, I've never seen the school before. But uh, my mother was not very happy because she was expecting a lot more. And so she didn't want me to go to Rosary Hill. Then she practically tried to find another school and ends up um, she found another very prestigious school. But this one is in Kowloon. But back then, uh, going to Kowloon is a big deal. We had to take a ferry and everything, da, da, da. So end up um, we didn't go because it was too long a journey <laughs> to go to school back then. So, um, so, so, so somehow they decided, okay, well, then... Uh, we'll let you go to Rosary Hill for now for a year or so while we because I think there was not enough time to find a replacement school so they thought oh let's just put you there for one year while we try to think about other alternatives or maybe even sending me abroad turns out Rosary Hill School is the best thing ever happened to me it was the turning point in my life because um, somehow the school fits very well for me or you can you can arguably say because it was my standard. So I can only imagine if I would have been um, gone to that very other prestigious school uh, in Kowloon, I would remain at the bottom of my class. Whereas at, at Rosa Hill, uh, I think it gave me actually the, the confidence, the, the self-esteem that I can actually do, do well. So I think I ended up uh, spending three years there before I went abroad. But I think those three years was the turning point. So I'm forever grateful to Rosary Hill. It sounds like you really thrived in that environment and it gave you the confidence to do well later on when you moved abroad even. Yeah, so and that's why I'm always saying, you know, yeah, sure, if you, you, you know, everyone was aiming for the best, the top. But it's not the end of the world if you can't make it because it, 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 everyone has a different story, right? So it doesn't have to be, there's only, it's not like there's only one path to so-called success, whatever that, Men, <laughs> right? But so, but it's of course every parents you know, want the, the kids to have the best and so on, and so on. But but it's not it really not 
always the case. I mean, I, I, as I said, I, I'm pretty sure even if I marginally make it in, it will be very miserable for me, right? So I know for sure that I wasn't good enough then. Maybe I mature later or maybe I'm just not as good. That's simple as that, right? So, uh, but anyway, so, yeah. I think our listeners should take note because I think, Mr. Chan, you're right, that I think learning is lifelong and sometimes people peak too soon and it's good to have that, you know, sustainable learning appetite. What did you want to be when you were little? Oh, very simple. I always wanted to be a banker because my grandfather was a banker, my my dad, my uncle, my brother, they all were bankers. So very naturally, uh, that was uh, my dream job. Dream job? yes. Did you know the work of a banker? Not exactly, but it sounds very prestigious. And um, you know, the fact that your, your, whole, your whole family members are bankers, so you feel like, oh, I should be... I mean, that's almost like... The identity. The, the identity and also the qualification, right? You identify with that qualification. Yeah. And expectation, too. Yeah, I was going to say, <laughs> did they sort of have this desire for you to be a banker? You know, parents are parents. I, I, I mean, those generations, they never actually have to tell you, right? But you know, there are certain expectations out there. It doesn't have to be exactly a banker, but they expect that uh, you do well. And, you know, and so, yeah. So uh, I there was never actually a, uh, a direct expectation. But I always feel that. And I, I don't think it should be an expectation, too. I think I, I feel that that is what I want at the time. Yeah. Now, I know you started with economics in college and then it turned into studio art. Could you share what led you to that journey? In fact, uh, Maureen, if you were going to start asking, uh, not just this very part of my childhood, but if you look back my 60 years, close to 60, not quite, 59 years, um, you find that uh, it's always these very different, very interesting moment that turns my life for better. Now, obviously, I didn't know then, right? So, um, yeah, like you said, I mean, of course, I I went in uh, studying economic because, again, I mean, the think, banker thing. thinking that that's my path, right, to lead to banking or you know finance or something. But uh, I got very ill uh, two weeks uh, after starting my freshman year in college, and uh, I mean, I can spend one hour telling you what happened to my health, but I just give you the short version. So, in my first four years in college, I ended up spending uh, three years. Uh, in our hospital. So uh, I basically uh, have one semester on campus and one semester off campus for first three years in college. And um, clearly, I could not uh, graduate on time. Um, but anyway, I didn't know that at the very beginning, in the very first year, I thought, oh, maybe this is a one-off thing and I, you know, maybe I can still catch up. So while I was uh, recuperating, the second because sem- usually my second semester is off campus, because I went to school, went to college in the U.S. So either uh, recuperating in the U.S. or actually came back to Hong Kong or to, to Bangkok. So during all that time, I thought, oh, wow, let's not waste time, right? Because my aim is to still graduate on time. The one subject that came across that I think I can manage and, and yet is allow you to do it off campus is uh, under the art department. And it's called independent study. <laughs> so uh, I thought, oh, okay, that's not. Now I do not possess any uh, artistic talent whatsoever. Of course, I study art in schools in Rosary Hill School. I mean, like every high school student have some arts and crafts uh, courses. But I thought, you know, how difficult can that be, right? But little did I realize that I end up actually uh, doing quite a lot of those courses because you know, three years. Uh, I mean. <clears throat> 
three consecutive years I'm I have to uh, um, I'll be off campus recuperating. So I accumulate um, one classes and over another. So by my f- senior year, my fourth year, no, I did not graduate on my senior year, obviously. But by then, that was my actually first year that I managed to stay on campus the whole year. On my that's supposedly my senior year, and by then I already have as many econ credits as I have my art credit. Now, if I were to be perfectly normal, you can only imagine my parents would kill me if I tell them that I'm going to go and study studio art. But my parents basically, after those three years, very difficult three years, they say, "Well." In fact, you don't even have to finish the degree. You can just come home, right? So they want me to come back closer to them. And I knew that I'm not going to be an artist, right? I knew that I'm going to be <clears throat> in finance and something. But I thought, wow, oh, actually, it's quite interesting, right? I, I, I actually learned something new, and it was a pretty amazing exposure. And I thought, well, I'm not going to ever do this ever in my life again. So uh, why not? So that's when I switched to studio art. Yeah, wow. And how many doors did it then open for you oh, subsequently? Unthinkable. Now, of course, not at the time. In fact, it took a good old 10 years to overcome that uh, uh, inferior complex in me. Because you can imagine, right? You when know, you came back to Hong Kong, the one thing Chinese parents would do, uh, they happily introduce you to their relatives or friends. Oh, my son's back from school and so on, from college. And you can only imagine the number one thing these so-called friends and relatives will ask you is, oh, well, what, what did, did you, you study? study? Right? What did you study? So first is, where do you go to school and what did you study? And at the, the college I went is actually a very well-known college today. But back then, again, it's not really well-known. So when most people in Hong Kong, they expect you to go to some you know, certain name school that people recognize. And then, of course, you say studio art. Immediately, you can tell from their reaction, it's like, oh, wow, you're a lazy bum. You try to take an easy way and, you know. Sounds like you're a trailblazer. You right? know, you went to, you know, to study an, a subject which people then now study to become an arts administrator. Yeah, well, in fact, I'm not even an arts administrator. But then the thing is, I always ended up spending at least 10 minutes explaining, oh, because I was sick. I, did. I feel like I always have to justify, Right. And so after a while, I just decide to lie about it so that I can be accepted. So when they ask you, you know, where do you go to school? I say LA. UCLA? UCLA. What do you study? Business. When you say UCLA business, oh, people automatically identify you, right? As I thought you were just going to keep it vague. You actually just lied. I just lie about it because then I didn't have to feel like embarrassed. You need to justify it or to... Oh, exactly. Yeah. So I think that gone on for, I don't know, maybe even close to 10 years. Now, today, I'm obviously very proud, right? People say, oh, you're multi-talented, right? But, but hey, that wasn't that case before. And, um, but amazingly, you know, I, I would never imagine this so-called art degree will help me anywhere. I mean, I can spend another hour telling you how I have to create my own style because I wasn't, I mean, I wasn't, born with a talent, I'm basically parachute to this uh, <laughs> this uh, department. And they are, I know, in, my, in my graduating year, uh, there were seven other uh, 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 major in studio art students, and they are really talented. Either they born with a talent or they develop their talent while on the campus, whereas I'm basically parachute at the last minute. And so, you know, um, instead of a senior thesis, I don't have a thesis, but I have to have a project. So I have to develop uh, my own I work. And so we have a senior show where all 
our artwork would be displayed next to each other, right? So you can imagine it was very tense for me because I can't be doing exactly what the others do because they have, they will outdo me, right, by every means. So I have to create my own. So the first time that I had to learn to be creative. So in, in a way, am I a good artist? No, not at all. But when, when, when we, now people talk about thing out of the box, right? Actually, at the time, I you have, really had to. I forced myself to think of it because I don't want to look like an idiot uh, in my, in the show, right? So I have to create my own thing. But anyway, I mean, I won't go too details to it, but amazingly, I mean, I graduated in 1988. By 1998, uh, long story how I got into politics, it was, that was never really the intention whatsoever. I mean, growing up in Hong Kong, we, we have so little exposure to politics. Anyway, I got, I, I got this chance to uh, compete for the seat in the LegCo, uh, Legislative Council, and uh, I, I, at the time I was running for the, the seat for the insurance. I know nothing about insurance. I was uh, the youngest person. Um, they were, I, were comp- I competed with three other um, very seasoned veterans in the industry. I only won by less than 10 votes, something like that, and uh, wasn't expecting at all because, again, I mean, I'm a rook. nobody knew know me because I, I'm not even from that industry. So anyway, I got in, I think something like within the first two weeks, and I was summoned to the office of the president of the LegCo. Uh, back then, it was the Honorable Rita Fan. Uh, she called me into the room and she said to me, Mr. Chan, among our 60 members, back then it's only 60 members at the very beginning, 1998. Well, uh, of the 60 members, you're the only one with an art degree. So I panicked, right? I thought, oh no, she must be saying I'm not qualified for this job, right? I didn't study politics. I didn't study law. I mean, I studied anything of that. I mean, I'm a studio artist, man. I'm just a painter. So I thought she said, maybe you have to do some you know, crash courses somewhere, right? No, you know what she said? She said, Mr. Chan, well, now Hong Kong returned to the motherland and after 150 years of colonial rules and so we are, let's go, we need a new logo. So uh, you're in charge. And I like, I panicked too. I said, uh, Madam President, um, thank you. Yes, I studied studio art, uh, but my style, that style that I, I, was, I was about to tell you that I created my own style, right? I'm a dot painter. I do dots. So I said, oh, Madam President, uh, thank you f- um, for your trust in me, but sorry, uh, you need a graphic designer. I just do dots. <laughs> and, but she said, no, 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 no. Uh, you, know, you don't have to be the one actually designing it, but you are in charge because you will need to present the designs to the House Committee and Let's Go uh, for, 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 the, for the members to, to vote on. But then she reminded me, it's a tough job because you got to get everybody to agree. Wow. And to this day, it's still... It's still the one wow. that... Uh, the it, Yeah, the, the, the color tone, the design. It wasn't, it wasn't obviously not my work. It was... I don't know. How, I forgot exactly how, but it was this young one-man band, one young um, designer. He's very creative. Um, Mr. Leung, Leung Kalok. So I, I don't know who recommended him to me. So, but I... You know, so I worked with him for a while, and then uh, again, that could be another half an hour to tell you how we came up with that. And uh, because you can imagine how difficult to get everyone on board, right? especially you know, let's go at the time uh, divided ideologically. So, so that's a trick there. 
Yeah. I, I won't Did uh, you manage invite to- invite me another time where I can come tell you another story on that. Yes, of course I managed to get everyone on board. Every single one on board. Give us a sneak preview. How did you manage to get everybody to agree? Because it's a really lovely logo. Yes. It's actually it it's so simple. I mean, I can really just see it in my head. Ah, well, first of all, <laughs> uh I'll give you the very last bit of it. So anyway, the at the, at the end, um because I have to give the the, uh, the designer a brief what I want. So that part I skip because because it might take too much time to tell you exactly what I want, right? But the end, he came back uh, um, after I gave him the brief. He came back with something like a dozen plus of uh, design for me to choose. Now I have to present them to the legislative council, right? Well, I only end up picking two: one that I really like, one that I know. Most people will not want. That is a really good trick. <laughs> <laughs> well, but also you can't, risky, you, can't you, you don't know other people's taste. Y- yes, you're absolutely right. But then the more choices you offer, oh, we're never going to even agree on anything, right? Because yeah. so, everyone has their own subjective. Right, and that was Bernard Chan, the chairman of the Our Hong Kong Foundation. If you liked uh, that excerpt, then do visit the website and the archive and our podcasts, and you'll be able to hear uh, the episode in its entirety. Uh, a very, very interesting interview, very funny uh, in, in parts as well, and some very thoughtful parts um, also. I really enjoyed talking uh, to Mr. Chan, and I hope you'll enjoy that episode uh, if you revisit it on our archive.